Our brothers and sisters, we would like to welcome you once again to our podcast, A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey. This is Reverend James Barkley, and we come to you from the Damascus Road Outreach Ministry. Uh, This podcast was designed to encourage you. We pray sincerely that a word will be said, or a sentiment will be uttered that will move in your life, in your walk with God. We live in troubled times, but I guess we've always really lived in troubled times. But as you experience the abundance and the overflow of God's grace in your life, we pray that there will be some word that will come by way of this podcast that will just encourage your heart. We always open with our affirmation of faith. This is what we believe. This is what we share. Everyone should have, I'm sure that you have your own faith statement or whatever it is that you, your affirmation, but this is ours. I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, that all churches are one in Christ the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Today we continue on our series of grace. I thought, well, let's change the name, but that's what we're talking about. So this is just part three of grace. Uh, This is season six, and this will be episode three. Uh, And we uh, just kind of pick it up where we left off, we were talking about grace, finding that, that, that grace in the sight of God, the unmerited favor that we are recipients of because of his love. And I know that in your lives, you recognize and experience the grace of God and his mercy on a daily. Every time you look around, every time you consider where you're trying to go and the things that God has allowed you to accomplish in your lives. You understand fully that it's just grace. Uh, In Romans 9, uh, 15, Paul repeats uh, this from scripture. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now, this is a wonderful example of the unconditional and full grace of God. He'll have mercy on whom he chooses. He'll have compassion on whom he chooses. See, God can do that. I think we try we try to show uh, compassion to those that, but it's just, remember, it's, we just do it to the people that we like. It's hard for us to uh, find grace and favor in the people that we don't like. 
in the folks that we think have misused us and abused us. It's hard for us to find that strand of forgiveness to be able to allow us to forget. We carry on and carry over so many things in our lives from our past. We hold on to <clears throat> emotional baggage and psychological baggage that weighs us down and we're unable to release it. But if we realize that we have found this favor in the sight of God, if we start to understand that he sees us above, beyond, and around all the things that we carry in our mental, psychological, and physical bearing that we can afford to let many things go. Now, you know, I don't even know why I said that. That was in my spirit. I guess it comes from uh, just allowing God to minister to you and then I minister to you. So I pray that someone uh, that heard those words will realize that they're holding on a little too tight to something that they should let go, that God has found favor and grace in them. He's allowed them to be able to move and have their being in him. And it's time to <coughs> be free and just be free and enjoy the new mercy that comes every day. And the grace of God. Well, once again, we uh, can see from that little uh, example in Romans, another account or example of grace uh, in the Old Testament. Moses again found favor with the Lord in Numbers 11, 4 to 17. Here we find those that God has really blessed uh, Complaining. The people of Israel complained because all they had to eat was manna and no meat. All they had to eat was manna and no meat in the midst of the wilderness where there was nothing. God supplied a meal, but because they're people, because we humans, because we always never are really satisfied with what. God has blessed us with. Now, don't get me wrong. It's all right to 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 want more. It's all right to to want to achieve uh, the ultimate. It's all right to look for a better situation. But every now and then you have to acknowledge. Now, God put me in this place for a reason. So I'm going to just be patient until he moves me forward. Now, he's going to move you forward. Uh, some people call it uh election or you move into the next next phase or the next stage or or you've been promoted or there are many many ways that we describe what God is doing but at the end of the day it's just he found grace and he created a path and orchestrated a situation in our lives to move us from point A to point B now here these folks they've been released they're free now they're in the middle of the wilderness and they're complaining. They wanted meat. They didn't want manna no more. They wanted meat. They wanted something to go along with it. Now, does that sound like anyone you know? Uh, complaining in spite of 
the way that God has blessed you. Well, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a touchy subject. When you talk about uh, being uh, satisfied, I think that in our minds, we can misscrew that for complacency and then we can find reasons not to be satisfied with a blessing. Now, God knows your heart. So I think in your prayer, in your prayer life and in your communion with God, you need to make it clear. Lord, I, I'm satisfied with you. I'm satisfied with you alone. Yes, these are the physical things that I desire. And I appreciate everything that you're doing for me. I appreciate the way you bless me. I, I appreciate the way you pick me up. I appreciate what you've done for me. When, when I didn't have food, you, you, you put food on my table and you put clothes on my back. You, you found a way to keep shelter over my head and you blessed me and my family and my children, my spouse, my mothers and fathers. God, you did it. You brought us all the way. So just every now and then, let us just be conscious that God is in the blessing business. Let us be thankful as we move from one degree of grace to another in our lives for that business that we didn't think would get off the ground, but somehow, some way, God blessed us. He found the financing. He found the investors. He found the opportunity for that education that you worked so hard for that you just didn't think he would finish. But one day you got your degree and now you're looking for that job and God will bless you with it. For the entrepreneur that says, I, I just want to work for myself. I, I, I just don't want to be caught up in the system and I want to do something. And God gives you a vision and puts it on your heart and allows you to advance. And as you move from stage to stage, build an altar of thankfulness to God for allowing you to go through. And remember, Psalms 118 and 8 says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. So we always have to look at the way that God blesses us and realizes it was only he. Back to Moses and and the crowd is in the desert. Uh, Moses went to God and, and he explained the predicament that he found himself in trying to lead his people. And Moses shared with the Lord that he could not carry the burden of leadership all by itself. He told the Lord, if you're going to treat me this way, then put me to death right now. If I have found favor in your eyes, and do not let my face my own ruin. Moses was serious about that thing. He wanted God to do something and he wanted God to do something then. Well, God blessed him. The rest of the story, you're going to have to read it for yourself just to see how it turned out. But we know that God did provide them with meat. Anyway, that we're going to stop right there with Moses in the Old Testament uh, grace there. We, we're going to move to another figure. Uh, God's favor sometimes, uh, he extends favor to a person who will ask God to wait until they have completed a task 
of one kind or another. That's what Gideon. We're going to look at grace from this angle, from Judges 6, 10 through 40. Talk a little bit about Gideon. Well, uh, God came to Gideon, and, and, he, and Gideon said that when the Lord approached him, Gideon uh, said, well, you know, you're going to have to just wait for me to go and do the things that I need to do. Uh, and Gideon is one of our favorite judges. Uh, we're going to try to attempt to show God's unmerited favor that was extended to yet one more friend of God. We, we, we look at Gideon as being a friend of God. He was a judge and the judges were all friends of God. And God appointed the judges for a specific time and for a specific reason uh, while he was appointing them. And Gideon here was appointed. Uh, we have no control of how God will appear to us or when. Uh, in Judges 6 and 11, Gideon was not uh, intruded uh, or even introduced as a hero or a man of outstanding merit. Gideon wasn't viewed that way. Uh, and sometimes we have to realize that the truth is God will use whomever he wants to and he will take them from whatever situation or station in life that they are in. And we might not see them as uh, a capable leader or they may not speak the way they may not have uh, great. Uh, they may not be great uh, orators. They, they may not speak in the fashion that we think they should. Uh, but God sees right through the rough edges and he looks right at the heart and he understands and recognizes this is a vessel that I can use. Oh, just think about it. For all of us that preach and teach and preachers, teachers, missionaries, Sunday school teachers, or even just parents, <coughs> God found the most unlikely people to press into service to produce the desired effect of creating disciples. Uh, when he called us to preach, uh, most of us didn't feel worthy. Uh, those that did feel worthy, I don't know if you should feel worthy. I think it's something that God has to impress upon your heart when he calls you, but I'll leave that alone. That's just my own thinking about it, that when God finds us, he finds us and he uses us and when not even we don't even know that God is using us a lot of times. He'll put you in a position. He will allow you to speak with people that you would have not normally spoken to. And the end of the conversation, you look back and say, wow, that. You know, I, I didn't I didn't even think about those things. But when you saw that person, God just put it on your heart, found favor in you at that moment to give that person his message. Well, Gideon uh, was one of those people. Uh, the story goes that uh, Gideon's people had been oppressed and the Mennonites had come in and, and when they would plant and they would, uh, you know, they, they would wait until their harvest was up and and they got ready to reap the benefit of all that hard work. They would come in and take it all. Well, back then they had what they called a, a thrashing floor. 
and they had a wine press. And the idea was, is that this was a high, the threshing floor was uh, always in a high place on top of a hill. So when they used it, it would blow away the chafe and leave them with the product of their, uh, their growing. The wheat would be left, the chafe would be blown away, which is the trash. But it had to be in a high place. Well, here we find Gideon in the scripture. He was down, uh, I would like to say in the valley, but the wine press uh, was situated uh, in, a, in a place that was at the foot of the hill because they would bring the grapes down from the, the, the vine, uh, from the vineyard and they would use it to reduce the grapes to juice or to usable form. But there was no way that the wind could blow away the excess. So Gideon was down uh, at the foot of the hill, not because of necessity, but because of fear. He, couldn't, he didn't want to be uh, in plain sight. Gideon was afraid of the intruders, so he wanted to keep the lowest profile possible. Sometimes that's how we are. When we, God puts something on our minds, on our hearts, we want to keep a low profile. We don't want to go forward and, and tell uh, whomever it is that God has chose to tell us. Uh, we just want to keep the low profile. We don't want anybody to see us. We want to operate from the back of the stage rather than the front of the stage. But God has called you to step out, to be bold, take a chance, do what he's called you to do. And I realize that in our lives, we don't always feel that we are the one. But you know what? God knows that you're the one. Uh, just in your sanctified mind, uh, just walk with me. Let, let, let's see Gideon's dilemma. Uh, I can stay here and be safe and ineffective, keeping out of the sight of others, or I can go up on top and do what's most needed and become exposed and vulnerable. No one wants to be exposed and no one wants to be vulnerable. But when we allow ourselves to be exposed and vulnerable, then God can do what only he can. He not only put words in your mouth, he will protect your emotions physically and mentally. He will protect your being. You will be almost invisible to the enemy. But yet, the word will go forth. Yet that sentiment that God has put in your heart will be revealed and it will go to whomever God has sent you to. So Gideon, he just was having a very frustrating experience. But in the midst of his frustration, God was going to find favor in him and used him. 
in the midst of his frustration. How many times has God came to us in the midst of our frustration? Oh, I don't know. Uh, trying to start a church, trying to get members, trying to do all the things that are required to do ministry. Uh, we often find ourselves in a frustrating position. Working for yourself, trying to extend your customer base, trying to find new avenues to explore, trying to find new ways to make your business successful. Sometimes it's frustrating. Friends and family members, dealing with them can oftentimes be frustrating. Those we work with, uh, we can find situations that will drive us forward, but we're frustrated. Here Gideon was in a frustrated position. He did not want to expose himself. He did not want to be vulnerable. He did not want to be in plain sight of the enemy, although that would have been more effective. But Gideon was like us sometimes. He just didn't want to extend itself. But when God found favor in Gideon, in Judges 6 and 12, it explains it was at that time that the angel of the Lord appeared. Now, this is in the midst of his frustration. Many believe that this was the pre-incarnate Christ. We talk about that a lot in the Old Testament in appearances of the angel of the Lord, and we liken it to the pre-incarnate Christ before he was actually incarnated uh, as the natural man. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and advised him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon did not see himself that way. Gideon didn't feel that he was a man of valor. Because Gideon could not see what God saw in him, like many of us. You don't see how people see you. You don't receive how people hear you. You just think you're just being old, same old mundane me when you are a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. He's put something deep on the inside of you that comes out when people <coughs> need it the most, when he puts you in a position to minister and you wonder, well, man, this, these people are strangers. But somehow you strike up a conversation and you start to share with them what God has done for you. You start to demonstrate to them how God has found favor on your life and you start to show them the path to walk that God may find favor in their lives. So. Don't always be so hesitant. I know that you don't see yourself as others see you. Good, bad, and indifferent. Now, people are going to tell you how they see you, but when people respond to your ministry, just thank God. Just thank God that someone is seeing you as God sees you. I thank God for that, for those that in my life that have seen me 
as God sees me. Uh, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he advised him that the Lord is with thee. Uh, that's anytime we can recognize that we're not alone in life and in our endeavors. I think the best way to recognize that is through prayer. As we humbly and sincerely go before the throne of grace and share our uttermost thoughts with God, our innermost thoughts with God, then as we listen, we will be, it will be revealed to us that he's with us. Can you imagine Gideon was not at all feeling particularly courageous at the time because remember he down the foot of the hill instead of being on top of the hill. So Gideon wasn't feeling uh, a courageous spirit at that time. He was trying to keep the low profile, trying to stay out of view of the adversary. And then some angel comes up and saying to you, you mighty man of valor. Notice that God did not say he was with Israel because of their sin. He said that he was with the singular with you. God singled Gideon out and said, I am with you because get it now. God was going to give him an assignment and he was going to have to go forward and minister to this crowd. He didn't say that he was with the folk. He was with the leader. God may not always be with your husband, but he might be with your wife. He may not be with the wife, but he might be with the husband. He might not be with the parents, but he might be with the first child. He might be with the middle child. He might be with the last child. There will be someone that God will speak to and he will be with them. And then you will benefit tremendously because of their gift. Uh, in churches, in ministerial situations, oftentimes we fail to see uh, the manifestation of the grace of God on the ones he have poured out his grace to. Sometimes we miss it because we're so busy looking at the messenger that we fail to hear the message. And because of our prejudice and our narrow mindedness, we will put people in a position that they're going to be just like Gideon. They're going to be great men and women of God. They're going to have a great message. God has moved on them. He has prepared them from birth to be able to come out at this time and be tremendous use in kingdom building. But because they don't see themselves as a mighty man, a woman of God, based on the way that others see them, they tend to stifle the gift. So I'm just saying to you that as God extends his grace and his mercy toward us, let it open up our minds and open up our hearts to be able to support our brethren and our sisters, to be able to support those that are struggling in ministry, that are struggling in life, that have gifts that have been repressed because they've allowed themselves to be barred down and, and bogged down and, and, and not able to release themselves from their past or from their past experiences and from the things and the way that life has treated them. I appeal to you. Be kind to your brothers and your sisters. Allow them to be them. 
Don't always have something to say uh, that is, I think we call it shady. When somebody's giving you uh, something that they feel that the spirit of truth has put on their hearts and they want to share their thought. You don't have to agree. Be cordial. Allow them to say that that God has put on their hearts as he found Gideon at the bottom of this hill on the wine press. He saw a courageous man of God, a man of valor, a man that he would use. Gideon found grace in the sight of God. Now, Gideon started to question God, of course, and his wisdom. In verse 13, Gideon was in a bad state of mind, mentally, and he had to, uh, well, Gideon was feeling that inferiority that we all sometimes feel. Uh, I've been public in public speaking a long time. And when I first started out, I was young, so I felt a little inferior to those that uh, would speak before me or that were older, that had more experience. They sound so good, and I, my little message, I, I didn't, didn't know. It, it didn't sound right to me, and, and I would just always feel that twinge of inferiority. But as I grew in grace and understand, understood that God had anointed me and appointed me for his service, although I was young, I didn't even understand what all that meant at the time, but I knew it was something special about my life. It was something special about the way that I was being blessed. It was something special about my grasp of the concepts of righteousness. You have to be able to look introspectively into your heart to be able to find that mighty uh, man or woman of valor that God has identified in you. Stop being bashful. Stop feeling inferior. Know that when you speak, he's going to speak for you. Know that when you go, he's going to go with you. Know that whatever the situation, he's going to perfect it. Know that whatever you're trying to do in life right now, that he's going to allow it to come to pass. No, no matter how much you worry, no matter how much you think, just know Jeremiah 29 and 11 said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. As we talk about Gideon, as we start to close out this session, I'm going to come back here and pick up on Gideon uh, next time. I want you to know that you don't have to have uh, an inferiority complex today. You don't have to have a bad mental experience that you can be able to let go of the cynicism and the skepticism that the world has breeded into us. You can be able to become that mighty man or woman of valor that God has called to do his will. You know what? I, I realize I, I've, I've, I've left the text actually I we're talking about Gideon, and it seems that the Spirit has allowed me to go into another area, but I found out one thing. He called me, he anointed me, and he appointed me, and I will be obedient and listen. I guess that's the good thing about the podcast. 
I can just say what God tells me to say, and it's there. God bless you all. I, I, I thank you for allowing me to come your way, for allowing me to be able to share the things that God has told me uh, and to speak it. I pray that you speak your truth. I pray that you will allow God to do in your life what he has ordained you to do. Understand that there is a ministry for all of us. Understand that there is a group of people, a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, that needs exactly what you need to say. There's some group that has experienced something that you've been through and God has anointed you to be able to come through it and come out on the other side and be able to share the victory with them. Yes. We're going to pick up on Gideon next time. We're going to talk about uh, Gideon and his situation and how he found favor in the sight of God. But good God Almighty, I just want you to see yourself. I wish you all could see yourselves as God sees you. I wish you could hear yourselves as God hears you. And you would understand the awesome power that God has put in you to be able to share the redemption story over and over again with your friends, with strangers, the, the way that you can take them to the courts of heaven and pray for their situation. God is moving today. And he's using you. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to come into your listening space. This is A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey, Plain Talk for Plain Folk. Listen, we'll be back with Grace, part four, uh, next time. God keep you and God continue to bless you. You pray for me and I'll pray for you. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye now.